Hey, my name is Russ, and you're listening to the Russ Rants Podcast. It's a show about a lot of nothing, and yet a whole lot of something at the same time. It could be about what generally infuriates me, current events, or just whatever comes to the top of my head. Either way, I am excited that you're here with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get on to the rant. Hey everyone, welcome to welcome back, I should say, to the Russ Rants podcast. Did you miss me? It was a two-week hiatus. I know that you guys were all like, oh man, what what happened to my Russ Rants podcast? My my life, my routine has gone down the toilet. One person actually told me the other day, he said, Russ, uh, I love your podcast. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, just know this that I mow my lawn every Wednesday when you release your podcast. And whenever you take a week off. I'm just saying my, mo- my my lawn doesn't get mowed. And I said, well, I can't be held responsible for that, but thank you so much for adding me to your weekly root- routine, I guess. So uh, I'm so excited to be back, very well rested. And I wanted to let you guys know we have another guest, another fantastic special guest. Not special the wrong way, special in a good way. Um, he and I actually go pretty far back in, in how long we've known each other, mm-hmm. but I've brought him on board today because of his story. Because his story was something he had to endure through with his family, but it also branched and is actually now blossoming into something fantastical and exciting in these uh, upcoming days here. You're going to hear all about it. But I would like to welcome my friend to the Restaurants Podcast, Mr. Pat Thompson. Pat, welcome and thank you again for being on this episode with me. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Russ. No, no, this is this is a this is a pleasure, Pat. And we've we've talked about this, guys. This is a um, we're going to be asking Pat a bit about his story. But the reason why I got Mr. Thompson on here, it actually worked out kind of by chance. Is um, Pat's daughter Gabrielle is marrying my youngest brother Lyndon. You would know him from a few episodes back. It's called you maybe don't want to just or you can't just eat your cake and have it too. Maybe you need more cakes. So I would encourage you if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. But Lyndon Bird is marrying Gabrielle Thompson. Mm-hmm. And Pat and his wife Andrea and their son Ethan were in town randomly and Gabrielle, we were we had invited Gabrielle to have a hangout at our place. And Gabrielle just texted me and said, hey, like, I haven't asked them yet, but would you be cool if my, my parents came to and my little brother? And I said, of course. And, man, <laughs> it was just like we, we, we you know, Pat, we, we quickly connected all over again, even though we hadn't seen each other in forever. Yeah, marshmallows and by the fire. It was so awesome. And so you, we, I just mentioned the podcast, and you talked about your story, which let's just dive into it because I don't want to waste time. But this mm-hmm. is how it came together, guys, just a weird random chance. So, Pat, I want you to quickly – just so I understand this, okay, because I, I don't want to give it away, but you are launching into a new chapter in your and your wife's life um, with some future ventures, but it's solely birthed out of the story with your middle son and and kind of the, the hard path that you guys had to go through together as a family. I'm trying not to spoil it, but I'm going <laughs> to let you take the floor, and I want you to paint the picture uh, to our listeners here about why you're here and, and what happened and where you're going. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's quite the journey that we've been on. It, it's a lot to do with our middle son, but not entirely. Like it, uh, there's a lot of factors in it uh, when it comes to what it is that we're starting, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, when it comes to the story with our middle son, his name is Liam. I just want to say that we have his absolute support in all of this. I know there's yes. a lot of lot of people that uh, when they tell stories like this, a lot of times the relationship actually isn't restored or even healthy or anything like that. And so 
Uh, I talked to him yesterday and he's, he's really excited about being able to tell the story. He's given the story himself a number of times. And so he's pretty excited to be on board with the whole thing. So just to, which let, is, which is huge by the way, cause that's not at all typically the case. No, just, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you'll see from the story that, uh, something happened that we just, it's unbel- it's mind boggling. So sure. Um, absolutely. you know, it, it all kind of started in 08, we lost a business. And uh, I was really miserable uh, because I, my identity was tied up in it. And we ended up moving to Saskatchewan to a tiny little town. And I was miserable. And Liam was going through his own set of identity. I mean, he was grade five at the time. So, I mean, it's kind of funny listening to this. But there were times where Liam and I just butted heads. Like, we would yell at each other. He threatened to run away. Uh, it was pretty insane, and I should have been much more mature, but the mental state that I was in with the economic collapse and weight just wasn't healthy. And and so sure. when he butt heads with me, it was, wasn't good, and so I wasn't mature at all at that point and wish I could have done better. But anyways, um, Liam got into a massive addiction uh, in grade five, and that's really young. In grade five? In grade five, yeah. And so... Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. I'm serious. I had no idea. And just to clarify, this is your middle son. You have three yeah. kids, Gabrielle, Liam, and, and Ethan. Yeah, yeah. And so okay. he was in grade five at the time. Uh, he was at a composite school. So a composite school starts at grade five and goes to grade 12. So you've got this huge demographic of kids that wouldn't normally associate with each other. Sure. And it all started from bullying. Um, he, oh. he was He's a real lover. He's an amazing young man now, kid then. And and uh, he needed to be socially accepted. And so there were some pretty uh, crazy bullies that were coming down on him. And oh. he's not a fighter. And so uh, instead of becoming a bully, he was offered the opportunity to smoke a joint. And sure. that kind of eliminated the bullying end of it. Because as, as, as long as he did the drugs with him, you know, behind the, the swimming pool, um, <laughs> sure. uh, then he was in. And we had no idea what it would lead to at the time. So it, it started off small and we thought that we could help him through it by loving on him. He'd call it. So you knew right away? Like you, you no, found out or did he tell you or? No, to be honest with you, what happened was, is we discovered that he was cutting. Um, mm. yeah. And, uh, he had carved the word help into his arm and oh my gosh. yeah, it just broke our hearts. Right. Because, you know, you'd get the telltale signs that he was hiding it and that kind of thing. And so we, uh, we knew that there was a big problem at hand and we finally found out he being, a, you know, an amazing kid at the time. And, uh, he, what he did was he, uh, shared with us that he had started smoking marijuana and sure. he was using it to kind of escape, right? And so he came out and he told us, and we we came up with a plan that he could call me anytime he needed to to get his head straight. And so he'd call me at recess to try and get through it, and that was great. Wow. That was great, but it just slowed down the process. It didn't stop it by any stretch. What do you mean by that? Like how how? Because I would think that you know, hey, we've we've put ourselves into an action plan, and it sounds like a pretty common sense action plan where you know you reach out and let me know and I'll support you. And you think that'd be a pretty big deterrent, but you said it slowed it down. Um, yeah. Was it? So yeah, what, continue. But what that means is that we, we managed to just kind of um, to pull him out of some of the circumstances. But the problem is, is that 
that circumstance was in his face every minute, every day. So even though we managed to talk him down for the first two hours of school, doesn't mean it wasn't there for the other four hours. Sure. And so, yeah, we just kind of slowed down the process where it made him think a little bit. It gave him an opportunity for us to, to be able to walk him through it, but it, it, it just, it didn't stop from there. We found out years later and I'll tell him the story that years later that um, it never stopped. We thought that it had. And he's like, no, Mm. he says, I never stopped using, even though I told you that I had, he was just trying to make amends or make it easy. Right. So at at that point we actually moved to a bigger, a bigger town in Saskatchewan. We took a job as a youth pastor, which was interesting. And it was an amazing opportunity for, for us. And it was interesting because the bigger town and the youth group that we took on had some pretty serious issues. Uh, Drugs was a big problem. There was drug deals happening in a parking lot and things like that. And so we didn't know that when we took it. And, and so um, we kind of put him into a position with not knowingly thinking it would be a good move and turning out that we introduced him to another group of people that were pretty heavily into using. And so, um, you know, bigger town, bigger problems in a lot of ways. Sure. And so he started hanging out with kids that were really not good, um, for his addiction at that point. And again, we didn't know, uh, in all honesty, we didn't see the signs. He was still pretty good at hiding it at that point. Uh, until, you know, we, uh, he started getting into small mischief with the police, you know, And Mm. finally, one day, the lid really blew off when Boxing Day, uh, the police came to arrest him. Really? uh, I still remember. How old was he then, Pat? uh, uh, He would have been, man, 12. Oh, wow. Oh, no, sorry. No, I take that back. He would have been 14. Okay. And Yeah. And so... um, in those two years between, you know, uh, or in those few years between grade five and then it was still pretty crazy, but, uh, um, we didn't really see the issues until he got into some really big trouble. This was a serious case. And so that's with the investigation with the police, we started to see the magnitude of what it was that we were facing. And so from that, um, some real contention started happening in our house. The family unit started to break down a bit because, um, unfortunately it commanded a lot of our attention as parents, as you can imagine. Yes. And so, um, the other two, I, I, we've talked with the other two with Gabriel and Ethan about it. And we really, they took a back, a back seat and for a number of years because of us having to, to work with through the problems that we were facing with our son, with our son and his addiction. And so, um, through that he was still living at home the court cases started to kind of stack up and uh it realized that just close to his 16th birthday uh, we had moved into another house and we realized that the addictions were super heavy he was into drugs that to be honest with you most people have never even heard they're called research meds you can actually anybody with a credit card can buy them and uh, most people don't even know them they come with letter number designations and um it's we only reason we found out was because some kids in our youth group explained them to us and he was he was in way over his head we confronted him on him a couple of times and he was was open about it to a certain level when he was confronted um aggressively of course there's always this contention because he didn't like being cornered but uh sure 
But the one thing I love about my son and our son is that he always kind of, he was always willing, once he was cornered, he was always willing to talk to us about it. So we got this, you know, it's that saying, it's better to tell us too much than nothing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so we told him that we don't care what you tell us, just tell us. And so we got this huge education in drugs, like how to do it, what the research, what they were, what the what the ramifications of using them were. Um, pretty crazy. Where's your head at during this, Pat? You know, as the dad, and you know, Andrea, you're 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 like you said, you're, you've got Gabrielle and Ethan on the back burner, but you're trying to juggle work, your wife, your kids, and this is up in front of your face. Like, what what's your thought process here, really quick? Or where are you at? You uh, know, where's yeah, Pat in this? Yeah, it's actually a perfect time for the question. It's actually in my notes here that we started. Okay. We started actually questioning our parenting skills. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, Jeez. we've been questioning them for for years at this point, of course, right? Because we've been asking, you know, God, what have we done wrong? You know, sure, and, sure, and we sure. felt we felt like we failed him. We felt like we failed our other two. We felt like we had been failing ourselves. Like it was, it was a really interesting time because we just didn't know what to do. And uh, sure, um, you know, it was interesting because at that time, um, Liam actually went to a twenty-one day rehab program that was court appointed. And uh, when he came home, he actually got through the program. Uh, when he came home, he went nuts trying to stay straight. And we did everything we could to love him. And that meant a lot of times because he, even after 21 days, the addict is still trying to detox a lot of times. And yes. and, and their their network of people are still trying to draw on them. And so if, even though he didn't mean any any harm towards us he would he would verbally lash out because he was trying to deal with what it was that he was facing and so to cut off his whole circle of friends to cut off life and and um to try and process this was was more than he could handle and uh it was pretty insane and and at this point he had um i forgot to mention that just before his 16th birthday he actually moved out um wow yeah we um we we made an early decision. There were lots of things like there's so much happening in the background on this that I'm not telling you just because of time. But uh, sure, 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 we had to make some crazy decisions, and it was in this time that we started learning about unconditional love and uh, what it meant to actually love somebody through insane circumstances. And right. you know, it was quite the learning curve because we realized that an addiction actually is a circumstance. It's not who he is. It's not who he was created to be. It's not. You know, it's not who we know him to be because he's, you know, like the drugs have this profound impact on him. And so when we were able to actually separate the circumstance from him, uh, you know, it it changed our ability to love him. Now, that didn't mean that we didn't set parameters. Like there has to be boundaries that are safe, right? And so uh, when he was at home, he wasn't safe. And so what we did was we made a decision, Andrea and I, my wife, that... Um, it wasn't good for us to set rules on him because if we set rules on him, then he felt picked on. And so what we did is we set house rules and, so, ah, and so the, okay. the house rules were simple, <laughs> uh, sure. 11 o'clock curfew and okay. no drugs. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, a good way to round it out for everyone, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so this isn't for you. This is for Everyone. That's right. And so the rule, we sat everybody in the family down at the house and we said, these are the house rules. 
if the, the, everybody has to live by them. So even my wife and I live by the 11 o'clock curfew. We vetoed it a couple of times, but, uh, you know, we're parents. So, but for the most part, we lived by the rules that were set on the house so that he couldn't actually use that as an excuse for his lifestyle. And, and so, uh, just before his 16th birthday, he came to us and he had gotten arrested again for driving impaired under the influence of marijuana. Mm. And, um, he uh he just said to us he says i can't i can't live here i i i'm leaving he says i can't live underneath of the rules and we're like there's only two and he's like i can't live under them i'm leaving and mm-hmm. so he he moved out and it was the hardest thing that we had to endure in a lot of ways because it, who wants to watch their 15 year old almost 16 year old walk out the door and so we let him go and he couch surfed and he claims to have lived under a bridge and he and he had him in and out of people's houses and lives and um, just whoever would take him in he lived in a house that wouldn't even let him use the bathroom uh, or shower and so I mean it's pretty hard for us to watch him and and it was kind of crazy because even though he um even though he wouldn't live with us, he we still had a relationship with him, which is pretty hard to, for a lot of people to fathom because normally the relationship yeah. ends. Yeah, that's especially where my mind goes. It's like, r- really? Like, how are you guys still connecting through all this? It seems like it's pretty definitive. Like, we've gone our different ways, and all we can do is love him from afar. And yet, how on earth did you guys kind of maintain contact during all of this? Persistence. Um, not, sure. And, okay. and just understanding that even though there is a circumstance of addiction, that it, we love our son. We don't agree right. with the lifestyle. We don't agree with the addiction, but we love our son. And so that's the driving factor as a parent as we just sit there. And it's like, it doesn't mean that I'm going to cater to his lifestyle, but it means that I'm going to love him through it. I mean, at this point, he had a $400 a day cocaine addiction that led oh, that led to him dealing drugs, not just consuming them. And so... Um, I think it comes back to that whole saying, right? Acceptance, but not approval. Like it's the, we will always, you're always welcome. You are always going to be, whenever you want us to listen, we will listen. But you know, actively also, I do not condone what you're choosing to do. Right. Yeah. And we've always held them accountable and love. Um, You know, like he would tell us that he doesn't have a choice in the addiction and things like that. And, And we just, we'd hold them accountable and just say, Liam, you know, we don't believe that that's true you do have a choice and we love you. There's nothing that you can do that will ever cause us to not love you. Um, Mm. But we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect the other two. We have to, we have to um, make decisions and give you boundaries on how that works. And it was funny because even though he couldn't live with us, like he would tell us, I can't live with you. He visited regularly and he bought his friends over all the time. (laughs) 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 It, It was so funny. One day he, uh, one day we're sitting on the couches in our living room and there was some kind of gnarly dudes over and, and Andrew and I look at each other and we're like, man, who are we inviting into our house? Like, is this yeah. safe? Because we knew that he was running with a gang at that point. And, um, well, okay. So he not, okay. So early user, we've got entry, you know, the, the cliche term gateway yeah. drugs. Yeah. Right. And then now he's escalated young teen and I'm not, please understand everyone too. I know Liam. Uh, I love, I love the man as well. He's, but he, so he gateway young man starts to escalate into harder drugs, obviously moves out. And also along with that, you know, kind of goes to a, like he gets gang related. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Liam again is not a fighter. 
And no, it, it probably wasn't because of that that he joined. No, no, it's it's you know I, I I've had this talk with a lot of a lot of adults that ask the question about the story and that kind of thing, and it's like gangs are successful because they offer something that. Um, the rest of the world doesn't in a lot of ways. Um, we'll talk about this well, with what it yep. is that we're starting, but, yep, sure. but community is a massive thing. Relationship is a massive thing. And when somebody can't find relationship with the people that they should be, like their parents or yes. whatever, whether yes. they feel alienated, the yes. gangs are there to welcome them in. No. Welcoming arms. Yeah. And please yes. understand, like it, it's a really cool story. So um, shortly after the, we sat on the couch and asked, who are we inviting in? I'm I, one of the gang leaders became a friend of mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Pat. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. He was a young 20 year old, 21 year old guy and single parent family. And so I became a dad to a lot of Liam's friends. And so I would go to their, Jeez. I'd go to their court cases to stand just to support them and love them as best I could. Um, and Liam would come with me sometimes. It's, it's just an insane story. It's hard to believe that it actually happened. But yes, one day he called the head, the gang leader called me up and he said, uh, I need to talk to you. And it seemed really urgent. So I went over there and he said, I said, what's the deal? And he said, you know what? There's a mark on you. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he says, Liam, Liam's got himself into some really bad debt, some problems with another gang. And um, because Liam they can't find him and they can't get the debt from him. They put a mark on you to come collect. So they're coming to, what the heck? they're coming to your house and they're going to collect the debt and this is how they're going to do it. And so he gave me the MO of the gang and told me how to prepare for what they were going to do to my family uh, to collect the debt. And so, what? yeah. And so what, what, what are you thinking at this moment? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know who I am. I'm a pretty big guy, but I was, I got to be honest, I was really scared and I'm scared for sure. my family, right? Because sure. they, they weren't going to kill us. That's not their MO, but they, they, their MO was to basically beat us within an inch of our life and then take everything from the house that was worth it. Oh my gosh. Good. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I uh, I actually slept with a shotgun beside my bed, unloaded. I don't. I could never shoot anybody, but I thought maybe I as a deterrent. Um, I didn't. I had one from hunting and that kind of thing, and I, I just we just slept with it. And we lived in the. My wife and I slept in the basement, and our kids in the top floor. So if they did come in through the main floor entrances, of course they they wouldn't actually find anybody per se. And so it we lived like that for about three months. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so you're Just, every night you go to bed wondering, is this the night? Right. And, uh, so about three months go past and I, I ran into the, to the gang leader again. And I said, dude, what happened? Like, I haven't seen these guys. And he says, Oh yeah, funny story. I meant to tell you. And I'm like, Oh no. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Come on. <laughs> and so he, uh, he tells me, he says, you know, it, it was crazy. They, they actually showed up at your house. But when they saw whose house it was, they couldn't do it because they had been at your house. No. They had been at your house with Liam for hamburgers and jumped on your trampoline. No, come on, Pat. I kid you not. And oh, because because of the love that we had shown them, they didn't they didn't actually follow through on the mark on us, and they canceled Liam's debt. Oh my gosh, Pat, that is incredible. What a crazy story, eh? 
on unbelievable. I I I I didn't even even though I maybe could have tried to guess it when you were talking about it earlier, would never have guessed that yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was Case. making it up, man, but I'm not making it up. No, I, well, that's the whole point. Why you're on here today is to, to be able to tell your story, so you can move it along, I guess. But I mean, so what happens next? See, he's you obviously haven't seen Liam for a bit, right? So uh, he, he, we actually moved to Alberta at that point, and he moved to BC. Uh, and okay. um, he actually the the addictions got worse, and so um, he he actually ended up in the meth house, and he got heavily involved with meth, and and that was that was really scary for us because there's a lot of drugs that are problematic, but meth is one that you just it kills you, and I mean they all kill you, but meth is a scary one. And so sure. when one day Andrea was talking to him and we found out what was happening in his life and he was actually trapped. Uh, he was at the mercy of, of, uh, a lot of these, these guys. And so, um, in the kind of cloak and dagger style, we managed to get him out of there one night and oh, we put him geez. on a bus immediately and we got him out to Alberta and, uh, unbelievable we got him to our house and we thought okay you know this is this is rock bottom he cried out for help and uh you know hopefully this is it and when he got there we found out no that wasn't it and things got crazy again and eventually he ended up moving out and got into his addiction even farther he lived in a house that burnt down he oh my gosh (laughs) oh yeah it just went on and on and then uh um he got he got really really high one night and he uh he was freaking out because there were apparently you know police snipers after him and all the rest of it and and so we rescued him one more time uh my wife just said my son's in trouble go get him and so we drove uh, it was about midnight or one o'clock in the morning and drove and i got him and we had tried to live with him through that night and he was actually having uh, hallucinations that there was um a lady named Lucy that was telling him to do bad things. And um, so we were dealing with Lucy and our son, which was pretty crazy. And it was a long night. And so a couple days that lasted and then he moved out again. And then finally one day he, he finally hit bottom and he got into a massive fight with another dealer and uh, broke his phone and it completely severed him from all of his connections. And he came home and he was vulnerable and he was broken unlike anything we'd ever seen. Um, and, oh. and so he, he was one night we had in this process, we'd actually got him hooked up with teen challenge, which is a one year re- voluntary rehabilitation program it has a huge success rate. Uh, it's faith-based. Uh, so for anybody listening, if you're curious, just be aware that it is faith-based. Uh, but sure. their success rate speaks for itself. It's it's insane. If you're curious, check it out. But we had been in. How the- did you? I don't want to sidetrack you, but like how how during this whole journey did you did you find, for example, what was this called? Team challenge. Did you find this kind of stuff? Were you often researching? Well, if Liam came back, that this is the help we have, or is it kind of you? You were dealing with the situation in front of you. You weren't even daring to think. Well, this is the next steps. Let's first deal with. Liam in front of us like were you researching on the side of how rehab or what well as a parent you're always looking for options for your kid right sure because, valid yeah, very valid you know we believe we believed in Liam um, we were challenged once that 
um, you, you don't, you don't address the things that you see from the addict. You address who you know or what you know truth to be about that person. And mm, so awesome. words are very powerful. And so we started speaking out truth about him. And so, you know, we called him out, called out when we would get mad instead of, you know, calling him a loser or something like that or an idiot or anything like that. We'd say, you know, we know that he's a champion. We, wow. we know that, wow. that he is, um, he's going to have uh, a story that's going to help tons of people. And here we are today telling a story that's going to help tens of tons of people. Right. And so wow. we just started wow. calling those things out in him and, and just kept praying basically, you know, Lord, give us change. And, sure. and so, sure. yeah, we're, I guess you are, uh, I have been involved with teen challenge through the church world before. So I'd seen them. I and see. met these okay. guys. So there was, I was looking for the connection. Yeah. There was okay. a backstory there a little bit. I didn't know them well. Um, okay. I know them very well now. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, by all means continue. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, one night he was he was high and drunk, and that was something we didn't see very often. Normally he's either high or he was drunk, but this time he was both, and he was really happy, which isn't something we saw very often either. But he was cognizant or with it enough to actually make some decisions, and so he had to decide uh, first off whether or not he was going, and if so, which where like where would he go because he had an option between London, Ontario, which was the head base for uh, Teen Challenge Canada. And please understand that the name Teen Challenge doesn't reflect what it is. It's not for teens. It starts at 19. And, okay. Uh, it's because, okay. It's, Understood. Yeah. It's because that's when the problem starts normally is when you're in your teens. Sure. And so they call it Teen okay. Challenge. So, okay. Understood. So um, he actually high and drunk made a choice that going to Ontario was the best thing for him because uh, he knew that he had drug networks in BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. And matter of fact, if he went to the one in Saskatchewan, he admitted that his buddies were already ready to come and pull him out, get him back in their circle. So, holy smokes! So he he even though he was completely high and drunk, he he knew he made the decision because it's completely voluntary uh, that it was going to be best for him to do it, and so he did. Um, you know, February twenty seventeen, Liam got on. A, on a plane all by himself for London, Ontario. He was not happy. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, he was really messed up. The before and after pictures of Liam are phenomenal. And uh, it was hard. It was a hard year. And we talked him off a lot of ledges, but he did it. And I, I'm so proud of him because he wanted to give up and he wanted to run, but he stuck with it. And uh, I tell you, uh, unbelievable. He Today he's healthy. He's engaged to a, an, a, an amazing young woman, and we have Incredible. a we have a great relationship with it with him. It's it's oh man. So with all that then being said, because it's true, and I'm glad that you kind of rounded it up out that point, just so everyone listening knows that Liam is in a good spot right now. He's very good spot. Yeah. Um, only continuing to excel and grow, but that's also what kind of brought us. At the campfire, Pat, you mm -hmm. talking it, you didn't stop at the story because anyone could yeah. and could go, this is what we've been through, but we've kind of made it a nice check mark at the end and we got through it and look at us now and, and you kind of could camp there. You could say, you know what, let's sweep this under the carpet. I'm glad that that's over with, you know, like now we've got our son back, quote unquote, and we're, we're a family again, but you didn't stop there. And it also kind of turned into something that you and your wife kind of essentially I guess, played around with, and you're like, this is something we want to use. So how did that transpire? If you want to dive into that, 
kind of what kind of gave you the credentials, quote unquote, hmm. to go into the next season of your life that kind of are you you guys are working on launching here? Yeah, so you know it's it's interesting because you you look at all of these things that you learn, and I've always learned that uh, first off, in every circumstance, every challenge you face, you ask two questions: um, What am I learning? And who am I supposed to give it to? I don't believe that, I don't believe that we're put on this earth just to take. I believe that we are supposed to give things away, whatever we learn. And so the story, uh, although this is the first time I've ever told it on a public scale, on a big scale, um, sure, we've shared sure. with a lot of people, you know, what we've been through, and again, so much more than what I've actually shared today. But we had to we had to find a way of actually helping people and. Teen Challenge even approached us a, a little bit to say, hey, we need help with the way that you love Liam through this process. We, we don't see that. It just doesn't happen where you guys have this relationship. Matter of fact, most relationships get severed because of addictions, especially as serious as Liam's was. And so we had this challenge and it was burned in my heart that we had to do something. And uh, so we could I, uh, this idea was birthed that uh, we would start an organization and it was called, it's called courageous relationships because okay. to truly do relationships requires courage. And for us, we had to have courage to, to continue to believe the truth about who our son was in spite of absolutely everything that was thrown at us. And for yes. him, he had to have courage to trust that we loved him no matter what. And, uh, you know, I, I, it took courage on both parties and I believe that that's why we have such a strong relationship today. And so, um, that kind of grew and grew and grew. And so now, uh, it's funny you use the word credentials, but, um, we started courageous relationships has a, a number of things that we're trying to do. All of them leaning towards helping people do relationships better and even specializing in how to, uh, love your loved one through an addiction because it's, Jeez. it's not easy. And the, the crazy thing is, is that nobody talks about this. I mean, uh, I was a pastor and it, the one thing that we don't like, people just don't talk about this stuff. Uh, they're so broken or they're so hurt or the relationship isn't strong and all the rest of it. That scared. They, yeah. And they, it's hard to be vulnerable. Right. And, and so, we know that we have the strength to do that and it draws questions, but we're willing to talk people through it. And so um, that's what we're aiming to do is to, is to help people through the challenges. And it's not just addictions. It, it can be, I think I identified seven different kinds of relationships that, that get affected, you know, whether it's your spouse or significant other, it's your kids, it's your extended family, it's your coworkers, it's, um, you know, it's an other, so it could be something that you're involved with. It could be, it's, it's yourself. What's your relationship with yourself look like? And so, um, you know, uh, the whole identity thing. I mean, a lot of times you can't, I mean, it's said you can't love somebody more than you love yourself. And so in the midst of, Whoa. in the midst yeah. of everything that we learned through the journey with Liam, a lot of that was identity for myself. I mean, I went through a massive identity crisis, but I also learned uh, who I was and what I believed about myself and what I believed about my son and what I believed about my wife and my other two children. And so in that, I actually grew myself. And so identity is a massive part of that too. So let me ask you this then, Pat, really quick with, 
with the journey, it it's kind of a, and I mean, in my opinion, at least, I obviously didn't go through it. I haven't gone through anything like that. But a, a part of me wonders, though, how close is it? it like a tightrope. How close is it from you guys have swung the extreme positive, which is you you nailed it on the head. What what am I learning? Yeah. And who am I going to give it to? What what can I give from this situation? I've obviously been put in this crazy situation where I don't see the win right now, but now that we're on the other side of it, we can either breathe breathe a sigh of relief and be like, all right, next, and just wipe that, or you can say, look at the situation we've been in. I mean, I would wish that upon no one. But at the same time, look what we've gone through. And now that we're on the other side, how many other people out there, that's where I was leading to with the tightrope, how many have swung the other way? How how on earth are you and Andrea able to come from the beginning of that? I mean, grade five. Yeah, grade five. With your son. And and to move up through that with all the ins and outs and moving out and, and, and still, like I said, two other kids as well. What's the difference Besides, I mean, I'm not going to say besides faith because I know that's a big part of it. Okay, yeah. uh, you're you're a faith-filled family. You're a faith-filled man. You were a pastor. And, I mean, that's a big part of it. But for those listening out there, maybe they've seen people that are in your situation or were in your situation, um, but have swung the opposite. They have the worst relationship possible. Is there a too far? How on earth did you swing the positive? Did you ever swing the negative? <laughs> How on earth do you write yourself? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the unfortunate part about not being able to tell the whole story, of course, is that we sure made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, absolutely. All right. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought it up because by no means are we perfect. Um, please hear me. I we made I, I personally, I mean, who yells at a grade fiver? You know, like sure, I, I, sure. I put myself on his level and I made such huge mistakes and but the thing was, is that when we make mistakes, we have to learn from them. And, and yes. I, I remember looking back going, man, who am I? Like, I'm this kid's dad. I love him so much. Why am I yelling at a kid who has no clue who he is, you know, and he's trying to figure it out and he's going through the hardest thing that a, like a grade fiber could ever face. And so, um, you know, it's just really learning. And, and, and so the answer to your question was what happens when you swing the pendulum the other way? Yes. You just have to believe the the truth about that person. It doesn't mean that you don't form boundaries, you know, like Sure. Um, sure. You you have to be in a position of uh where the relationship is safe. Um like if that person is continually lashing out at you, there has to be some distance but not without love. And and there's there's certain ways that we approach those things uh, that we talk through in courageous relationships, but you you don't ever give up hope, right? A, re- a relationship may seem lost, but it's never truly lost if you just keep up that hope. Uh, relationships are two-sided too. You can love somebody and love somebody and love somebody, but if they keep throwing it back in your face, then there's not much that you can do about that except become unhealthy because of that relationship. But that's not doing anybody any good either, right? Right. And so right. I think that uh, taking a step back and taking a look at what you need to be healthy and what the relationship needs to be healthy is integral to moving forward. Even if the pendulum is completely swung the other way. I mean, it would have been really easy to just say, you know what, that part of our life is over. Liam's done. He walked away. And, uh, sure. in a lot of cases, sure. a lot of cases that you read have done just that kids end up in social systems and all the rest of it. Right. And it could have ended up that way. Um, but uh, we just never gave up. We just never gave up, regardless of whether he would talk to us, because sometimes he wouldn't. Um, we just we just always maintain that open channel with boundaries, though, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. 
it's it's the yin and yang, right? It's the you have to have both together. It's not just well, love them unconditionally. Oh no, there are conditions, yeah. but they're not bad conditions. It's it's safe boundaries, yeah. right? And I I got to be careful with the word conditions because conditions are often construed as negative. Um, right. Boundaries is right. a much better word because yes. con- conditions are something that people have to live by. Yes. A boundary isn't. A boundary is something that they can they can willingly break, but that doesn't dictate that that person is a bad person with a condition, a lot of negative aspects come to it. So just, just a word of caution, no. be careful with the word condition. I love it. No, that's perfect. And and let me ask you this. I want to bring it back to courageous relationships really quickly here, because a, I love the name. You, you already unpacked it. Mm-hmm. It's, relationships like this, especially, especially what you and Andrea are, are now going to venture and specializing. It's, that's not light stuff no. and it, it takes courage. And obviously courage is not present without the absence of fear, mm-hmm. without the absence of risk, without the absence of pain. Yep. Now unpack it though, really quick for those listening out there, whether it's themselves or they know someone, I mean, a good buddy of mine, um, grew up in the same Saskatchewan town that you guys did. And he was a drug dealer. Uh-huh. He moved to Calgary. He's one of my best friends yeah. and he got out of that. Um, he would very much so relate to, to young Liam's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with who you can help and people listening, what resources, what, how are you available? What platforms are you available on and how can they seek you out? What are they going to get from courageous relationships? Well, there's, there's a, there's numerous ways that we're actually doing our best to be accessible and they're all kind of under development, but at the moment sure. we do offer one-on-one coaching. Um, okay. We do operate as a corporation. The idea behind it is that um, those that that can um, finance it, the hope is that they will willingly do so. And the hope is that we be able to process enough finance to be able to help pro bono situations for people that, yes. that yes. can't. Um, they're uh, and at varying levels, you know, it's good for people to to actually pay for help because there's an investment. And unfortunately, in this world investment is key because a lot of people take help, but then they don't want change. And at this point, what happens when you're at this level, it's not a matter of, well, I just, you know what, I want this to change. No, it's not like that. It is. I need this to change at any cost. I need this to change. And I I learned that for myself that when I, when I actually paid for something that I had more, I was more invested into it. And I'm not saying that people that can't afford wouldn't be invested. We just want to, be able to balance the two out so that we can, you know, we will really want to work with the people who absolutely need the change in their life and their relationships. And, and so whatever that looks well, like. I hear that though. Yeah. I, I vindicate that it, it, it makes sense with anything really. Yeah. It's anything that's worth doing is worth investing for. And because yeah. it, I mean, not to be crude, but I mean, it also sifts though through those that aren't totally wanting or yeah. even willing to consider total change. They like the idea yeah, and we don't, of change. We don't deter people from coming to us that can't afford it. The hope is that we can actually provide the services to them, you know, that, that can't legitimately can't. And we ask questions that, that prove that, right. That whether or Excellent. not they're serious about it and whether or not they actually can afford it. And, and we, we want to help everybody. There's no question that way. It's just, we're limited that way. And so with that, because we're limited with the coaching, we only have so much time in a, in a week, if you know what I mean. Um, yes. We do, we're building a group program uh, so that awesome. you can actually become a member of like a support group and you can be a part of that. And so that would be much, be much more affordable and uh, in some cases, poss- possibly even free. 
Uh, so we're looking at that. We're, we've got that under process already. And then sure. we're looking at, for churches, um, being an ex-pastor, one of the things that we've identified is that in the church, there's a huge problem with relationships. Sure. <laughs> and it's the one place that relationships should be doing be done very well. <laughs> and, uh, and so if what we're doing is we put together a package for churches that uh, we come to a weekend seminar and share the story, talk about what we've learned, give some real actionable tools with breakout sessions and things like that, mm. case studies mm. and, and kind of walk people through uh, what healthy relationships. I mean, in a lot of cases we even need to redefine relationship and what that means because a lot of wow. a lot of people have a completely misunderstood uh forward momentum i guess not even forward but this this understanding of relationship and it's completely wrong you know like we to a facebook friend is not a relationship <laughs> right it's the right. it's the personal interaction that is the relationship to have a thousand friends on facebook doesn't make you important <laughs> no I'd, no you know i'd rather have you as my only friend russ and have that relationship than have a thousand facebook friends because you're real and i can i can share my life with you and those are the kind of relationships like the the motto or the slogan of courageous relationships is helping people build relationships that rise above circumstance wow and, wow yeah Say that again, helping people build relationships. Yeah, that rise above circumstance. And and even more so, they rise above their unique circumstance because every relationship yes. is unique and every struggle within that relationship is unique. So there's no cookie cutter answers for it. You literally have to sit there and go, okay, first off, what is relationship? Is, yes. is this relationship that I'm struggling with? Is this actually a relationship? Is it is it mutually invested? Is it, you know, these things? And, and am I supposed to continue with this? And, and what does it look like if I do? And how can I truly be the friend that I want to have, you know, and uh, at varies at every level. So, um, well, you kind of hit it, though, because I was going to ask this for you to quick, but you kind of essentially hit it on the head is in those circumstances, especially during those intense times with Liam, I, I would dare say, what's do you perhaps sometimes lose perspective of what good relationship or what even a meaningful, healthy relationship is? You, you, you're holding on to strands of your son and you're like, oh, is this what we have right now to piece together while we kind of figure this out? And I, I would figure some people in different or similar circumstances, it, you know, what's up is down, down is up, side to side. Are, are we even in connection anymore? Are we, is, does this mean anything? Right, the, the disconfiguration. So, I, I was going to ask that, but you kind of essentially hit it on the head. Is kind of coming back and saying, "No, we're going to help rebuild this. Let's get mm -hmm. some. Let's take a breath really quickly and reconfigure ourselves." Right? Yeah. If a relationship is truly valuable, it's worth fighting for, which means you're going to have to actually do some work in it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. And, and relationships are work. Um, uh, it's not always work, and there's a lot of joy to be had. But when things get tough, you know, I. I I have a, a a program or a kind of a conference I'm putting together that refers to or uses roads as relationships, you know, like you've got, you know, your highway, which is kind of your strong relationship. There's constant going back and forth and, you know, and then there's country roads and you get that relationship. So you kind of those relationships, you kind of take once in a while and they're good for the view and, and that kind of thing. Right. And so you have these different levels of relationships and some relationships, even sometimes you have to put up a detour because there's construction being done on them. It doesn't mean you give up on them. It doesn't mean that that route 
forever changes. It just means once in a while, you know, you have to, you have to give some room to that relationship and, and, and uh, give it some space. And, and so you don't ever give up like that route is still open. Right. So there's, there's all these things that we, that we can look at and uh, um, going back to the, the ways that we can, that we're trying to help. Another thing is that we're trying to, uh, we're in the process of building a YouTube channel, in which case we're going to be uh, telling the whole story of Liam through video book, I guess you could say. So there, there'd be different chapters with different situations that happened. And that'll be a challenge at the end of each one where we, uh, you know, just kind of get people to do a, an assessment of the relationship that they're having a problem with and ask a question that causes them to reflect and, and actually move forward. So, um, that's going to be a really fun avenue, I think, because it's, yes. it's going to be real and it's, of course, free and there's always something to be learned and we want to share that story. Uh, Liam is actually going to be a part of that. Um, we're going to have him be a part of the of that book or that video book with the chapters and get him to do some interviews with us and that kind of thing. Oh, oh Pat. And, and I, that's kind of, I guess, in closing, I, I want to make sure people know, you know, A, yes, they, like you said, there's some stuff that's under construction and, and you're looking for for every platform. There, it's a multifaceted system that you're working on because it, it covers a lot of ground with a lot of different needs. So obviously that takes time. I want people to understand that this this is something that is, A, in some circles, it hasn't been done before most, like this. Most circles. <laughs> that's right. All, all, all circles. I've never and then heard of also, it. <laughs> How can people reach you now and how will be people be able to reach you later when it's kind of getting more built? So the easiest way right now is to go to courageousrelationships.com. And okay. from there you can reach us. Um, the YouTube channel is up. There's just nothing on it yet. Uh, we're in the process of, of building those videos. Hopefully by the time that this podcast is up, we'll have an intro video to tell you a little bit about what we're about. Um, Check it out. Yes, yeah. Courageous yeah. Relationships, and, yes. And then, of course, you know, Facebook and Instagram, at Courageous Relationships. Um, so, you know, the normal channels kind of thing, but probably the easiest awesome. is through the website and the contact form. No, that's huge, Pat. Um, any any closing remarks, anything else that you would add? You know, I'm really, like I said, I, I'm really thankful that you've trusted me to even be able to share Liam's story. Again, I'm so proud of Liam. Mm-hmm. I, I love that guy. I love the fact that he's like, wow, this was this is easily something that most of our culture hides. Yep. It, it, it is, it's just a bad mark on a bad life. You move it. Instead, he's like, no, this is my badge of courage. This is my badge of perseverance. This is a wholesome, I'm getting emotional even talking about just because of the wholesomeness you guys have built is incredible. Amidst all odds, you guys said, we are not going to give up on the true character of our son, even if he has given up on himself at these times. So, you know, I'm so thankful for the fact that you're willing to A, kind of semi-launch your guys' new platform. I, I'm so proud. Guys, those listening, I want you guys to give a big Russ Rant support if you are willing uh, to Pat and Andrea Thompson, CourageousRelationships.com. Go on and check it out. Uh, if Again, you have a friend, a family member, or you yourself are going through something, I would dare say that you don't have to think, well, do I have to be totally in Liam's shoes no. to justify? No, 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 no. no, you can touch on that if you want to, Pat. But, but you know, we... We, all people should reach out. Yeah, I don't. I actually, if you do a, an assessment of your of your relationships in your life, I don't think that any one of us is actually uh, doing all of our relationships a hundred percent. And there are those like it's funny. I just um, I'm, in my intro video, I actually make the statement that 
um, even myself, if I do a mental assessment, I actually find myself in positions where I avoid certain locations because I might see somebody in a broken relationship there. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. We can all relate to it, that. Absolutely. Exactly. And so the truth is, is that there's that it doesn't have to be that way. It, it requires some crucial conversations. It requires a lot of love, but we can, all of us need to work on every relationship in our, in our life that we consider valuable to us. And so um, I also want to say that no relationship is without hope. And I think that a lot of the people that I've run to, especially in the case of addictions uh, of loved ones, they believe that there's no hope. And I just, I, even on our website, you'll see that I put down um, our story, your hope. And because we're not, we're not rocket scientists, we're just people. And we don't, it's not that we had it all figured out, but we did get through it and, and we love our son and he loves us and we have this great relationship now. And if we can do it, anybody can. There is hope for every relationship, no matter what the circumstance. So, Oh, oh Pat, that's cherry on top. And so again, everyone, Russ Rance listeners, everyone, again, I always just want to say thank you for your support. Uh, this yeah, is, this you. is what this is about. This is really what this is about is it's, it's about, this is not hiding. This is not just optimism and, and blank optimism. And this is about hope. This is about a conversation. This is what the Russ Rants podcast is trying to be all about. It's bringing on Pat and, and his willingness to share, uh, in my opinion, an incredibly raw, real story. Um, again, Pat, thank you. No, Seriously. thank you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, the opportunity. This, no, my our, our pleasure. This has just been such a, an amazing, but also very humbling um, ability to to hear it straight from you. And um, again, Russ Rance uh, listener supporters, I want you to check out Courageous Relationships. Um, give them a lot of support. Launching anything is scary. Launching anything takes a lot of hope and faith mm -hmm. and belief that the world needs this. Um, so they can really use your support, even just encouragement to be give him a drop him a line. Say Pat. Yeah, like listen us, like us on Facebook. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, and just say, listen to your story. Amazing. You yeah, know, and that would be um, awesome. No, seriously. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Russ Rants podcast. Again, this is what this is all about. Do you have a story idea? Uh, do you have someone that you have a, a message or a testimony of or any notes, comments, concerns, questions? I want to hear about it at russrantsreal at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-R-A-N-T-Z-R-E-A-L at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. That's Russ Rants on Instagram and Russ Rants number one on Twitter. We love and thank you guys for always tuning in. Thank you again, Pat. We wish you guys a great week. Live with purpose and don't be afraid of courageous relationships. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Russ Rants. It has been a pleasure. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Please feel free to subscribe to support. And you can find me on Twitter at Russ number one, Instagram, which is Russ Rants, and email, which is russrantsreal at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing you guys next time. Take care.